0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 398 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Eating salads and Auditor Janelle Cameron. Brought to you by Horselovers.com. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible.
0: Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com, Uncle Jimmy's, and Clarion Lexington's. Our listener of the week is Janelle Cameron and how she made a big change in her life to work in the horse world. Nick Snap of the Make It Snappy show talks about batching tasks and making salads. Yep, making salads. Plus, Glenn reviews the Hindsight camera in the horselovers.com tack and habit segment. Listen in.
2: Bringing the news through hell, high water while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and
3: laugh till your poop Cause
2: It's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable
3: Scoop.
2: Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop.
0: This is Glenn the Geek.
1: And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network.
0: You know, when I did that opener, I said Glenn reviews like in the third person. Uh, I should probably say <laughs> you're I losing in your mind. <laughs>
4: You really Just are.
0: Too many shows, I think. Mm. Well, good morning or good afternoon or whatever it is for all of you. <laughs>
1: Now's the hot mess. <laughs> it's Glenn. I
0: am. It's this Glenn. is my third show the of today. So the I'm Alina. getting a little punchy and I'm uh, cold medicine. I'm blaming it on cold medicine. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm blaming it on that. Well, yeah, thank- you're
1: honking and snorting over there. <laughs> I, I know. Jeez.
0: Uh, this uh, spring cold, which I think half the world has right now. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate you being here, and we're having so much fun in this year, the listener talking to 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 all of our to a lot of our different listeners out there, and we really appreciate you being involved. The listener today actually wrote me an email and said she wanted to be on the show, so if you would like to be highlighted and to join Helena and I and have a little fun on the air, we want to hear from you. Drop us an email, either helena at horseradionetwork.com or glenn at horseradionetwork.com, and we will get you in the lineup. And we would appreciate you stopping by. It's been this has been really, I think, of all the years we've been doing this, and we're in our almost our ninth year now. Um, we just this has been my favorite thing ever. So I, I just I've just been enjoying the heck out of it. We are going to start today, though. Do we have any order of business before we get to our first guest?
1: Well. In the spirit of our first guest, Nick Snap from the Productivity Show, um, that would be a big fat no.
0: Okay. (laughs) So, we're going to get right to Nick Snap of Make It Snappy Show. Well, we have Nick back with us. Hey, Nick.
2: Hey, Glenn. How's it going?
0: Good to have you back to talk about productivity again.
2: It's good to be back.
0: So now you teased me by sending me an email and saying this week we're going to talk about batching tasks and eating salads, and I yes. thought what the heck? <laughs> so you're gonna have to explain that one.
2: I thought you might grab that one, so that's when I did it that way. Well, yeah. So over the weekend, I was I came across a, a video that a friend sent me, and they talked about how easy it was for them to eat healthier because they had all these nice shiny plastic containers in their refrigerator and they had all their vegetables nice and cut up, and it was very easy to see, and they grabbed the vegetables out of the fridge, and they could make salads. So... I said, you By know By the what? way,
0: I, you know, you think about eating healthy and you think about salads. And I've had to do that with my diet. But, but you're right. It's a pain in the ass. You Such gotta, a pain. You, you got to get 25. You look like uh, who's the chef lady that gets everything out at once and carries it over to the counter. That's what you look like. You got <laughs> 45 right. things in your hand and then you got to cut. A, it takes like a freaking half an hour to make a salad.
2: For a dinner Truth. salad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: Truth.
1: No, or anything. Yeah. Any real food it takes. You got to prepare yeah. it.
0: But still, a salad sounds like it should
2: be easy. It should be, but then you got all the weird, awkward, like wrapping and containers you yes. got to pull out of there and yes. different knives to cut different stuff and that's uh, just not worth it. So I took it the to heart and said, you know what? This is very similar to some of the stuff that I talk about when it comes to how do you game your future self? So the intention is, okay, I want to eat healthy. I want to eat more salads, but I got all these awkward vegetables to cut up and it's going to take me a half an hour every time that I do it. How can you... Set up the infrastructure in your life, or the systems that you want to use, and make it simpler. So it doesn't have to be salads; it could be anything in life. But for me, I said, "You know what? This salad thing's gonna catch up. I'm gonna eat a salad at every meal. Darn it!" So my wife, she just she's watching TV with the kids, and she looks over, and I'm sitting there just chopping, chopping for like it was about forty five minutes. I took every single vegetable that I had in the fridge. I had the cucumbers, and the carrots, and the peppers, and I had a whole bunch of vegetables, Glenn and Helene. I couldn't believe how many vegetables. And then how many had gone bad because I was too lazy to cut them That's up. That's the and other and, thing that drives me that nuts.
0: That happens to <laughs> me. <laughs> the the lettuce goes bad every time.
2: Oh. And I cut, So I spent about 45 minutes cutting and chopping. And I had all these conveniently, all these little containers. I said, hey, what, are these, what are these containers for? She's like, oh, I think I bought those for sauces or something. Like, okay, well, we don't have sauces. We don't put sauces in containers, so can I use these for the vegetables? She's like, sure. So that's what I did. I chopped for 45 minutes. I got them all, and they're clear, and I put them in the fridge, and we had this little tray we could pull out. So I have made a salad every single day since I did that, and it takes me under five minutes to make my salads now. And mm. if I need to chop more vegetables, you know, obviously, you're going to go through vegetables at a different uh, frequency, so... If one of the containers just starts getting low, then you really only have to fill it back up. So you never really need to take that initial 45 minutes to chop anymore. Ah. You you take eight or nine or whatever it is. But I mean, that was just like the super productive way that I could find and the most easiest way to game my own mind and my own processes to start eating better.
1: Now, you know, this is such a relevant time for this conversation because, well, it's spring. And I think a lot of us are more. I don't know if this happens for you guys down south, but up here in the Northeast, your appetite changes as the sunlight changes. So as spring comes around, we're really we really start to crave more fruits and vegetables. But there's this lag of oh, I have to. I just don't have the energy. I'm still in like my, my winter hibernation mode. I don't have the energy to take fifteen to twenty minutes to make just a salad for every meal. So. But what, but here's what here's where I get a little jammed up. I go food shopping. I'm starting to think fruits and vegetables. I put them in my grocery cart, and I come home, and I'm stoked. Look at my beautiful, colorful, fresh produce refrigerator. Nice. But then I have to. I'm tired because I just went food shopping. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of pooped. So I almost have to schedule some time in my week to do this chopping that you talk about. Mm-hmm. Once you do it it's done. Like you you can kind of get into a groove and it only takes you five minutes to prep and maybe another five minutes to replace the veggies that you've you've consumed. Is that what you do, Nick? Do you set aside, do you actually schedule some time to get the preparation done all at once?
2: Well, as a little caveat here, so I just historically have been very good at work productivity and my wife has been, well, I've jokingly called the queen of home productivity. So, this is more in her area and this salad thing is something that I just discovered. So, it's not yet my process but to answer your question, if I and I am going to start doing this on a regular basis, if I were to chop again, <laughs> then I would probably split up the duties. So, if my wife goes shopping and she's tired from shopping, then I would assign that to the partner or the the child or anybody else that's in your circle to do that. And if you're if you're single and you don't have anybody to assign that to, then maybe you could look at an option for outsourcing the shopping altogether and just do the chopping yourself. What do you think of that?
1: Mm, I like that. I do that sometimes. We have a Stop and Shop up here. We they have a service called Peapod delivery, so you can I've order your that. right, you do your grocery shopping online, and then they deliver it to you. Um, which so that's kind of a nice option too. If you just don't have the energy to. Commit to all the chopping and food prep, save some of the energy by having your groceries delivered. Not a bad idea.
2: For sure. I mean, I'm just embracing the whole outsourcing thing these days. And
0: uh, Uh, Nick, I know that you you. really didn't mean this actually to be a salad conversation, did you?
2: It's just so dang
0: interesting. You were gonna God, correlate I mean. it to uh, other things we do in our life, but it's so funny because we used to do a recipe on here, and then Kat, uh, who did our recipes, got pregnant and had a baby. So uh, we haven't had recipes in a while. So I guess we were just itching to talk about food, Helena, Because <laughs> like it.
1: Just... well, Rachel makes us talk about healthy food all the time. So I, I thought maybe if we're gonna have a food conversation, <laughs> let's do cookies and cake, and Nick comes on with salad. So you know, but, I, there's a theme here, Glenn. We kind of I think you, the universe wants us to eat. Healthy. You know,
0: I have heard. I gotta tell you though, Nick. For years, for fifty years now, I've been trying to organize my life, and I've never been good at it because I have ADD, and I get bored in about two minutes. I understand. So, I, you know, that's been my biggest downfall. It, you know, actually, Helena has a little bit of ADD too, but she's better at the organizing thing than I am. So. Uh, But it's been hard because I do try and batch my tasks. Like if I'm booking guests, I try and do it. I have to actually. For me to get it done, I have to set aside blocks of time. So if I have four hour uh, open, two hours is going to be booking guests and two hours is going to be something else. If I try and do everything I need to do that day, you know, in little pieces at 10 minutes at a time, I never get any of it done. Mm -hmm. But if I batch it, if I get it, and I think different people work different ways, but I have to take that time and do it all at once. I have to take the two hours and do my emails all at once. I can't just do an email, then book a guest, and then go back and do something. I just can't do it. I never get anything done. I end up on Facebook then not doing anything. So <laughs> You're not alone.
2: <laughs> You're not alone, Glenn. That's that's typically how it works. And I've had to struggle through that myself and, and learn by by... Trial by error in some cases of you know how much can you batch and how much do you have to work into your schedule.
1: So that is a lot of trial by error. I mean, you can even if you batch stuff up. Yeah. See, one of the good things about batching is you can accomplish those tasks in a more focused way than if they're spread out among the day or the week. That's so right. I think you are in more directed attention when you're doing those tasks that are batched up. But there, but sometimes you just can't. You, you there's there are time constraints, there are physical constraints, and you do have to sprinkle some of these things in throughout your day. Knowing what you can batch and what you can't, though, it depends very much on trial and error. you got to figure it out. And as our lives shift and change, uh, children come and go, uh, jobs come and go, seasons come and go, I think there's an ever-changing balance of batched versus non-batched. What do you think, Nick?
2: I agree. I think from the trial and error perspective, I look at that as what is my process for the different things I'm trying to accomplish? How do I streamline my personal process to where I can batch it? And I can outsource the things that aren't the best use of my time or the drain energy from me and stuff like that. You definitely have the seasons coming and going uh, because life is always changing. As you said, Alina, but I, I think the one the thing that tripped me up the most when I was really trying to execute my systems to batch is I was making the assumption that based on what I was batching, everything kind of required the same amount of time. Mm. And it wasn't till and this is gonna sound just ridiculous to you guys, but I actually track every single second of my day from sleeping to working to spending family time to how long it takes me to, to work on my my podcast and all these different things I actually track every single moment and it wasn't until I learned how much time I was spending on different things that I could accurately predict how long I needed to batch them.
1: Wow,
0: so, I would yeah. get it through about a morning of doing that and then my ADD would <laughs> kick in I'd be forgetting the write stuff down and then it, yeah. Ugh. well, you, you know, know, there's, but,
1: but we the, do this with money too. You know, some of us just, especially horse people, we don't like to look at what we're spending and yet we're, yeah, we're always broke.
0: <laughs> you look at it and go, oh my God, I just spent a million dollars on hay this month. Well, right. we're always
1: broke. But if we, if we actually took the time to, uh, take an inventory of what we were spending, then we know what we can spend. Everybody knows life is a lot better when you budget and you stick to a budget. So really Nick is just saying the same thing. Um, Although it sounds much more, I don't know, out there, but it's not really. You're just taking an inventory of your time so that you know right. where where to best spend it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I fear that I lost all kinds of street cred with your your listeners here with the whole check tracking every moment. But that's I that's okay. I I if join the, the club. We like have no nerd, street cred. But I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. I had, I had to experiment with it. I had to find something that works and that's easy to do. So there's some great apps out there that I use. And it, yeah, it's a little bit of a habit because you'll forget that you're switching tasks from one thing to another and you got to go back and fix it. But having, for me at least, and, and I think you guys know that I'm an engineer, so I kind of thrive off the data thing. Just, it was shocking to me how much time I was spending during certain tasks. I couldn't believe like it. Facebook? Like Facebook, exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, you'll you'll kill two and a half hours doing something like that. To bring it
0: back to horses, Selena, we did when we owned our big farm, where we had 25 horses and all the borders and all that stuff. We had a working student with us, and we made her for a month track everything she did, every wheelbarrow of sawdust. And we Mm -hmm. tracked everything to try and get an accurate reflection of what it was costing us for each border. You know, we broke it down. And because she tracked everything, every flake of hay that went in every stall and every minute of the day that she was doing stuff, we were able to backtrack into figuring out, we were, and we already knew this by our checkbook, but we really figured out on paper that we were not making any money. (laughs) <laughs> and that you know you don't make any money on boarders and everybody boarding horses right now is just shaking their head cuz that hasn't changed in <laughs> 30 years. And then we also figured out that we ourselves uh, in this business were we could have worked at McDonald's and made four times what we were making. Um wow. and you know that was two, 30 years ago and it hasn't changed. I mean, it's just all the same. But we did do that. We made her do that and she wrote down everything. I mean, we had logs of every little thing she did every day for 30 days. Um and it was interesting to see that. And, you know, productivity people also say that you're, when you get up in the morning, the are really good, the really organized people. When And I used to do that. I, I do this about once a month when I get motivated, and then it lasts a day. Uh, where you get up in the morning, every morning you should plan out your entire day. This hour I'm doing this, especially if you're self-employed like we are, Helena. This mm-hmm. is even more important. Uh, where you plan out every hour of the day what you're doing, when, because it gives you a roadmap, and you actually follow it. You spend less time on Facebook. Uh, so I, And oh. I do that for a day, and then the next morning, and I get up the next morning, and then I go out and play with my pony, and I never get to make oh. it.
2: Well, could I offer you a suggestion yes. about that?
0: Um, don't tell me to do it the night before, because then I'm too tired, and then I don't just let want him, to. the suggestion, oh, all right. All
2: right. okay. Please, so shoot
1: him down before he's even But, but that's what he use. was going to say. No, shh.
2: Well, one thing <laughs> that you're struggling with the first thing in the morning, so one thing you want to avoid from a productivity perspective. And that was what I was going to say. So thanks for uh, stealing my thunder. But yeah, yeah, okay. no problem. <laughs> um, one thing that you're you're struggling with though is that it's decision f- fatigue. So how can you, when you first get up, how can you hit the ground running without having to bog yourself down and drain your energy from making these just different decisions? So that's why you probably pushed that aside was because you had to make all these decisions first thing in the morning, and it was it's hard. I mean, even though it might seem simple, it's still not an easy thing to do. So if you don't want to do it at night, Glenn and do it during your lunch break or when you have a free moment just carve out that dedicated time for the next Maybe, day you mean really for the next day yeah, yeah. absolutely never thought about can doing you go back editor.
1: nick nick can you go back and talk about decision fatigue a little bit more because i think that's a big game changer for me i think that might i've never heard the term before but as soon as you said it something uh it woke up something in me um and i feel like i struggle with that
2: yeah, I think it's just the the more decisions we make earlier in the day, the less energy we have to work on the things that matter. So my tagline is productivity with purpose. It's like it you you want to work on the things that are important to have purpose, to have meaning. And if you're making meaningless decisions, not meaningless decisions because I mean we're we're not just in this thing for fun, but say you jump on email first thing, and there's people buying from your time. You're trying to decide what you're going to do with the email. And it just wears you out. That's one one reason I just like one of my first recommendations is just don't open your inbox first thing. And hopefully your listeners don't have to deal with that. Hopefully they're already out there with the, with the horses now that worry about their email. But, you know, even the smartphone and looking at the things that, that are coming through, like these things just suck you dry. So how can you set up your infrastructure for your life to where... It's like gaming your system, like I was saying, how do you make it easiest to get those important things done? How do you set yourself up? You know, do you have to put the coffee pot in your office and have the mug ready with the spoon all already there? Or if you want to work out, you know, how do you already lay out your clothes in advance or even wear them to bed and have your shoes right there to where you don't even really need to think about it. You just need to get up and go work out and do those things that are important. Just you're you're kind of gaming your future self by thinking through, what am I gonna to do to screw this up? <laughs> you know? And yeah. once you figure that out, you can you can hopefully, we're all smart enough to to trick ourselves.
0: And I think part of the depression of doing that, well, you're a single mom, Helena, so the decision thing is just, you know, times 10 for you.
1: With a farm, yeah. Right,
0: with a farm, exactly, and, you know, a kid to worry about and all of that stuff. But I think one of the things about doing it first thing in the morning for me is, I know I'm not going to get everything done today that I have to do. Mm. So your decisions are, what do I cut out that I know is important that's going to wait for tomorrow that I probably won't get to? And you start feeling guilty, and then you just don't want to do anything. I mean, it, it, you think being you know fifty three yeah. years old, I would have figured that out by now. But <laughs> well,
2: uh, I, that goes back to or, kind of like a like a small win type situation. I think we're all just overly optimistic about what we can do. Like we have just a very positive view on on what our future self will accomplish. When it's in reality, we we know deep down it's probably not going to happen, but we want to go for it anyway, and we get just burn out. Like it's a, what's the easiest win you could have? The easiest win, and I didn't make this up. I wish I did. Like, just make your bed as soon as you get up. Yeah. You know? Just make it. And that's a quick win. It's like, oh, wow, I did that. I don't have to worry about going in the room anymore and seeing that unmade bed. Like, it's done. Let me use that momentum and carry it on to something else in my day that I can accomplish. Like, if you want to work out for an hour a day, seven days a week, or even five or six days a week, it's like, why don't you just start with 15 minutes? Let's,
0: let's you know. Next time, we're running out of time here. But, Nick, sure. next time, let's talk about eating the frog. Do you know what I mean by that? Yes, I do. Okay, let's talk about, remind me next time we'll talk about eating the frog because that is something that's helped me a lot. I
1: don't like, want to know about eating the frog. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick to
0: salads. But I, Who was it that talked about eating the frog? Uh,
2: it's a book. It's a very famous book and who is the author? We'll look that
0: up for the next time. We'll talk about eating the frog. Okay? I will. Because that, that directly relates Absolutely. to Tracy. Brian Tracy
2: Brian just thought of it.
0: Yep, that's right. We'll talk about that. <laughs>
2: All right. Great. Thanks,
0: Nick. Where can people find you?
2: They can find me at MakeItSnappyShow.com if you want to listen to my podcast. It's the Make It Snappy Productivity Show, and that could be at my website I just gave with forward slash podcast.
0: MakeItSnappyShow.com. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. That's it. Thank you, Nick. Well,
2: thank you. it a pleasure. Bye.
0: We all get in a rut when it comes to shopping for horse supplies online. If you've not tried horselovers.com yet, then you are missing out on one of the world's largest online tack shops and all the best brands like Noble Outfitters, Ariat, Turn2, Tough One, Professional's Choice, Weaver and many, many more. Use coupon code HRN at checkout. To receive 10% off your order That's coupon code HRN Stands for Horse Radio Network At checkout to get 10% off your entire order The coupon expires April 30th So get on over to Horselovers.com today And save on all your riding needs Well, we are so excited to announce that Horselovers.com is now the title sponsor of the Stable Scoop radio show. It's been a while, Helena, since we had a title sponsor, but we're very happy that it's Horselovers.com because it's such a great company. They have more product over there that you can find to buy than any other place on the Internet. They really do cover English and Western. It really did fit our show.
1: It fits me. If it it's my pocketbook, if it it's my lifestyle, it fits my horse. Who wouldn't want to have a tack retailer as a title sponsor? Thanks, horse lovers.
0: And they're going to help us out in more than one way. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show too. This really is a partnership that we're developing with them. And I, I'm happy to announce that they've already signed on as one of the title sponsors for the radiothon in, in at Christmas time for the second annual radiothon. Yeah, so, they
1: had so much fun with the first one.
0: That's pretty much what it was, <laughs> and <laughs> it was they got party, results man. too. People listened. They had fun. It was, uh, you know, it really is. Uh, it's becoming now the the thing for the holidays, and we're glad to have them on board. We're going to be. They're going to be joining us next week to talk a little bit about the company, and we're going to welcome them uh, to the show, like we, like we like to do here at Stable Scoop, because we're a friendly group. And uh, we'll talk a little bit later about how, what else they're going to help us accomplish uh, as part of our show as well. But first, we have to go to our Listener of the Week, Janelle Cameron. It is the year of the listener, and now our Stable Scoop Listener of the Week. Well, hi, Janelle. Welcome to the show.
4: Hi, welcome. Thank you.
0: It's so good to have you on as our listener of the week this week, and we appreciate you stopping by. Now, you're in the state of North Carolina, right? I am. What part of North Carolina?
4: I am in the Kannapolis area, which is just north of Charlotte, but I'm currently working in Aberdeen.
0: Okay, because my brother lives in Harrisburg, which is uh, just south of Charlotte, I think, right?
4: Yes, yeah. it is. That's my barn is actually right there at the Harrisburg-Concord line.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yes. So, well, next time I'm up at my brother's, we'll just uh, have to stop in and visit. In Please
4: Har- do. I would love that.
0: In Harrisburg. Well, now, you, uh, you've you been a horse person for a long time, or did you get into this as an adult?
4: Um, my family had horses when I was a kid, and my sister and I, we sort of shared my aunt's Pony You know, it was your turn until the pony got you off somehow. And then it was your sister's turn. So (laughs) no formal lessons. um, And I was working in the corporate world um, and I got a substantial raise. And I was like, what do I do with this money? Oh, I know. I'm going to take horseback riding lessons. So (laughs) did some research (laughs) and found a barn and loved it from the first moment. The first moment. Like I left that lesson and went out and bought paddock boots and breeches and a hat (laughs) And, and it took over I've, your life. Yes. And realized what I'd been missing. <laughs> and here I am. Four years later, uh, it's totally changed my life.
1: And so that corporate life of yours, tell us a little bit about what you were doing.
4: I was a mortgage underwriter for a small company um, in, in my last job. Um, I had been in the mortgage industry since I moved to Charlotte. I'm originally from California. Um, and I just sort of fell into the business and and did well. Um, I was highly decorated for my position and there just came a day when it wasn't enough. Um, just being good at a job doesn't mean you necessarily like to do it. So as things progressed in my riding career, uh, saddle fit suddenly became a huge issue for the horse that I was riding and there wasn't anybody to help me, um, my trainer, bless her heart, and her suggestions were to buy gadgets, basically, to pick saddle fit positions, and it wasn't working. So I got educated and found a settler that worked for us and later became a representative for them. And now I fit, sell, and maintain, saddles to the great state of North Carolina.
1: Did you... At what point did you say to yourself, uh, it's time for me to leave the old life behind and embrace this new one? I mean, I know that when you were bitten by the bug hard and that, (laughs) that's like my, those are my favorite stories ever, but it's still kind of scary to say, I, I'm so unsatisfied with my old life. I really need to make the leap into this thing that, that just lights up my soul. When did that happen for you?
4: Um, the mortgage industry is very volatile and I got laid off. I kind of had a little help. Um, oh, good. Okay, yeah, because a lot I, I, of us <laughs> wouldn't make that leap on our
1: own. That's how
0: we all do it.
5: <laughs> no.
4: i <laughs> sort of forced into it. Well, you know, I, being the kind of underwriter I was, I knew my value. And when nobody wanted to um, pay for the value, I wasn't willing to just accept a job. So I started to expand my horizons. And I had loved what this company had done for me and my horse and and I got an email from them, hey, we're hiring, and so I applied um i had I didn't really think they would take me seriously because I don't have a a lifetime of experience like some of the other agents do. I came from a business background, and they really liked that um, being a saddle fitter and a sales agent, I don't just have one job, you know, I sit sell and maintain these saddles, but I also have a lot of customer service responsibilities and marketing and research and organization and there's super work involved. So all of the things that I had learned through my business career really accumulated into being the ideal person to do this job.
1: Yeah, it is like having your own business.
4: It is. It is. I, I am self employed. I have my own corporation and I was educated by the founder and the designer of these saddles and I I can't even describe the amount of knowledge he blessed me with and it's just it's totally changed my life my life is 100 percent about horses all the time now you're okay with, with that. I, I'm totally okay with that i <laughs> <laughs> totally okay with that it, it drives my family nuts because they're like where did this come from and i'm like where where do you think i am i'm at the barn i'm at the barn may yeah. not be my barn but i'm at the barn
0: <laughs> what a horse girl But it does go to show, though you you asked. I mean, you know, a lot of times we get the question by people, "Well, I want to work in the horse world." Well, you know, they all think they're going to ride horses. You know, as a professional, that's only they're a very small part of the jobs in the horse world. Uh, Most of the jobs in the horse world are ancillary to the riders. And exactly, but you got it because you asked.
4: Yes, and. I know as much as I love horses, I'm not going to be an international rider. It's just, it's, I don't have the bravery for it and I respect that, but I still love the sport and this is a way to be involved and support the riders who are and not have to grow this big bravery, uh, characteristics inside myself that just is inherent, isn't there. I'm never going to be above a three foot jumper and I know it and that's fine. But this you is know, a way to support the sport without having to do this. Well,
1: that's a very interesting point because a lot of people think that to reach the pinnacle of our hobby, sport, recreation, lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, that you have to be some top level competitive rider. That is the you know, the ultimate success. And it's not sometimes just living a happy lifestyle. Whether it's horses in your life 24-7, whether it's fitting saddles, whether it's um, trimming hooves, or just taking care of your own horses in your backyard, it's success is defined differently, I think, with horses. You don't need to be a top-level competitor.
4: Agreed. And I have clients that fit all of those spectrums. I have several people who all they do is trail ride, and they just want a great-fitting saddle that is comfortable for them. And I also work with people who complete every weekend <laughs> that's their life uh, so I meet a lot of people and it's been really interesting to see all the aspects of the of the sport what mm. people do and how they do it
1: I'm I'm a little jealous no I'm envious I don't <laughs> want you to not have it I'm a little envious and what a nice comfortable it's, life do you have to do a lot of driving
4: I do um for instance my day today has taken me to the southern pines area which is about two hours away um, so a typical week for me, I will travel three or four days a week. I, I don't like to travel more than two hours away. I've actually hired some junior agents to work in parts of the state that I can't easily get to so that the service is still there to people. Cause when, if nothing is more frustrating than when you have bought something and the company can't help you fix a problem now, Oh God. and I don't want that. I don't want that for my clients. I don't want that for my company. This is a very competitive business. And if I can stand out based on my service, then that's what I'm going to do. So I hire two people to represent the state in a capacity that I can't and grow the business in another way.
1: But thing you can see. There's that that business owner mentality again.
4: Exactly.
0: Because, you know, and that's a good lesson, too. If, you know, like I had the sales background and had been in sales for many, 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 many years. And that has helped in everything I've done in life. You know, it helps today. Absolutely. You know, it. it's one of the reasons that the Horse Radio Network is one of the most successful networks is because I had a sales background. Um, and yeah. and it, it, that business background is so important. It's probably the most important thing you're going to do in your horse business, no matter what it is.
1: Agreed.
4: Exactly. Anything I learned from mortgage underwriting, just returning emails promptly or being nice to people on the phone, anything that I learned, I have been able to apply to this new career and watch it bloom. And it wasn't something I had to learn in addition to learning everything about saddle fit. Because I had zero experience. I didn't know anything. I'd only been riding for a year and a half when I took this job. So. Oh,
0: wow. I didn't know that. It, wow.
4: Yeah, it had... Like I knew nothing, and they took me and taught me everything I needed to know about the horse, and I have turned it into this from there.
1: So she got this graduate level education in <laughs> in saddle fit, that, yeah. but she had the foundation. She had the business foundation, which is whether you're a mortgage underwriter or, or it doesn't matter what your job function is. When you're in a corporate environment, you do get a foundation set of skills that that are essential to anything you do in a horse career. I I did it. And I wouldn't be able to support myself right now uh, if I hadn't had that foundation in, in corporate life first. And she's right. It could be everything from learning how to communicate effectively with your clients, how to provide good customer service, how to navigate computer systems and emails. So I guess... I want to say this. I, I want to preach out there to anyone who's listening who is deciding on a career or maybe thinking about me I mean, I have a bunch of friends who can now get degrees in equine well, there's equine business, there's equine science. Please don't rule out a corporate job, even if it's just for a year or two. You do gain a lot of valuable experience.
4: I agree with that, and you never know who you're going to meet.
1: Ah. You know, I just got a. so I've been, I've been out of, I've been working for myself for 13, almost 14 years, and I just got a new client, a a good one, a big one, and it was a woman that I worked with at my last corporate job before Mm -hmm. I became a mom, and we connected on LinkedIn, and she needed somebody to do some marketing, and was like, geez, you know, we had a great time working together back then. A very good professional relationship. So these kinds of things can really come back to uh, to support you Absolutely. when you least expect it.
4: Absolutely, another important reason why to not burn bridges. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, because right. that is true. Because you know, as she, you know, this was how long ago, Helena? Fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, it was
1: more than that because I. This was the job before my last job. Right. So this was almost. Uh, yeah, this was in two thousand. Yeah, sixteen years ago.
0: And you know what? Especially if you're in an industry like the horse world, you know, as you know, Janelle, you can't burn bridges in this world because it's pretty small.
4: Oh, no, there's, a, there's nine I
0: million horse surprised. people who all seem to live in the na- same neighborhood.
4: I know <laughs> but they have the same farrier or something. Mm, it's true, <laughs> exactly. It's
0: true. And don't so, ever. Yeah. The other lesson is don't ever tell your farrier anything because he's telling everybody. <laughs> they cannot so keep their mouths shut. I don't, so here's sorry, a really important piece of advice.
1: Here's a really important piece of advice that I got it's sort of like the farrier. I got this from one of my bosses. She was in insurance forever. I was in um, investor relations in the financial industry. And she said to me, when you're writing an email, keep this in mind. Never put anything in writing that you would not be willing to see blown up to poster size in a courtroom.
4: True story.
5: True
1: story. Okay.
4: Uh, it, and if, and if basically... it takes me an extra hour to respond... But if I respond appropriately, I consider that a win.
1: Exactly, and the principle is: think about what you say before you say it, and think twice before you put it in black and white. Yes,
4: yes. Because once you hit that send button, it's out there. Yeah, or you and say it. That you could can't be your reputation.
1: You can't unring that bell. You know, you're in a barn, and you've got where it's mm-hmm. there's there's a high drama quotient. It's very easy to get wrapped yes. up in that. To keep your professional head about yes. you in that kind of environment is difficult at best so you know yeah. i give you a lot of credit janelle for for being a professional
0: Hillary Thank Clinton right tried. now is wishing she hadn't answered any emails. She's, <laughs> she's wishing that she never even knew what emails were. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're absolutely right, Helena. I never thought about the poster size thing, but that's, that's a good visual. Neither <laughs> did <laughs> I, and I
1: take yeah. it with me everywhere I go, especially me, hot Italian temper. I'm never sending like, an email mm. again, ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Janelle, before we run out of time, boy, we are being so philosophical on the show today, Helena. Before we run out of time, Janelle, tell us about your horse. You lease one, right?
4: I do. Um, he is actually the first horse I ever lessened on and we just clicked. Um, in his situation, he is privately owned by a lady who can't ride anymore, but isn't ready to not have a horse. And he wasn't very happy in the lesson program, but he and I really worked well together. So I now have a full lease on him and we're doing wonderful things. He's a 15 tree appendix. He's going to be 18 this May. He had third-level dressage before he came to our farm, and he's just teaching me so much. Like, I never knew I could love this much and forgive this much, too, because, you know, it's a horse, so things happen, and, you know, you do the best that you can, and I appreciate everything that he does for me, and I would turn my world upside down for him. Oh. I did. I changed my career. <laughs> he, <laughs> That's a love story what... right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yes. But he's so I cute. I love my rookie cookie. He is. He is so adorable. He's so photogenic. And, you know, not all flea biting grades are created equal. Sometimes those flea bites just, there's not enough. There's too little, but he really has just the right amount. I'd never seen a flea bitten before I met him, but I really, I really prefer them now.
0: Now, she goes through about 12 <laughs> gallons of shampoo a week, but other than that. <laughs>
4: No, I just curry actually. Curry, 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 curry. You cannot curry this horse enough. The natural oils will keep him cleaner than any bath will.
0: There you go. Well, okay. now um, <laughs> we we have to ask you. One of the questions we ask everybody is how you heard about Horse Radio Network.
4: I heard about first Horse Radio Network from the lady I used to work with. Um, this is like three or four jobs ago. Um, And so when I started taking lessons, I reached out to her on Facebook and was like, hey, guess what I'm doing? And I'd love to have lunch with you and talk horses. And she took me to my first store and in the drive, she was like, are you a podcast listener? I'd never heard of them before. And she introduced me to horses in the morning and I have been listening ever since. Um, It's a little easier when you have a desk job than being in the car. Having to stop and start the program can be a little hard sometimes, but I still listen and I have learned so much from this program. It's really taken my knowledge to the next level. And I think that's how I learned to be such a good horse person right off the bat because I was being exposed to things without them having to be traumatic events in my life. Well, yeah. So I didn't, I knew about colic but I didn't have to experience college you're to right. learn about
0: it. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, too. Uh, in sales, one of the things we learned, we had really good sales teachers back then. I did, anyway. And my mentors were really good. And they said, you need to listen to the news and the sports, and you need to read the newspapers, and you need to just learn a little bit about everything. Because in sales, you're going to be able then to go out into somebody's house and talk. Uh, and Jennifer always made that comment, you just know a little bit about everything. Things I don't know mm-hmm. anything about, you just know a little bit about, because I had spent, I had read a little bit about everything. I still do that. Uh, and in your job, too, knowing a little bit about everything in the horse world, which you do get from us, I mean, Helene and I and the other hosts here, we have learned more than anybody, because, you know, we've had the pleasure of interviewing these people. Uh, but we know a little bit about everything in the horse world, so we can have a conversation with any horse person. And I can see, I never thought about the value of our shows that way for somebody like you, because you can go into a barn and you know a little bit about a walking horse and a, a gated horse yeah. and things you would have never experienced without had you not heard yeah. about it. Yeah.
4: Yeah. The first time I was called into an endurance riding barn to fit a dressage saddle because that's what they use to break their horses and put the foundation on with. I was able to talk to them about what they do and sound like I knew a lot more. You knew about the Tevis
0: Cup, and you knew about all that stuff. (laughs)
4: Yes, Yes, I knew about that potato man. Yep. (laughs) And (laughs) I knew about all of these things, and, you know, it just it totally rounded my education without having to, to spend 15 years in Pony Club because that wasn't an option for me as a kid.
0: Damn Helena, we've done something right over the years.
1: <laughs> I thought maybe we were, you know, we we could do something It's only positive. taken us 8
0: years, but we got there. <laughs> We got there. Yeah. All right, Helena, we're not going to forget this week. It's rapid fire question time.
1: It's rapid fire question which, time. and I, Which, I, by I, the way, we
0: need to rename because we never do this rapid fire. It I always know. ends up being, <laughs> you know, uh, medium to long fire question
4: time. <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> this is, is the you hand, just be your speedy question round. Yeah.
1: <laughs> These are the hand grenade rounds. So you just lob them <laughs> okay. over. All right, Janelle. All right. What is your favorite food? Meaning, when you're driving around in your car, barn to barn, (laughs) what do you crave? Oh, uh,
4: Ice water, if if you can believe anything. It's so dusty, but to eat ice cream. Mint chocolate chip ice cream, please. Ladle it into the bowl and send me on my way.
0: (laughs) Jennifer just finished a half gallon last night, actually, and I think that was here for two days.
1: (laughs) 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 So then, if ice cream is your favorite food, what's your least favorite food?
0: Oh, seafood.
4: Yuck. Yay! My food needs needs roots or hooks. Yeah, I'm
0: with you, girl. I'm with you. (laughs) comes out of the water, it's like, ugh.
1: No, thank you. (laughs) What's your biggest equestrian pet peeve? Uh,
4: People who think they know everything and refuse to learn about something new. Mm. Things change. Things change in the equestrian world. We do not ride the same way we rode 10 years ago. We ride in a very secure, upright seat. With your leg on previously, especially in the vending world, we rode with a defensive seat and we just don't ride like that anymore. And I wish people would be open to learning new things.
1: Okay, did, I, you, I, know. I did to, you know? Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> did I know what <laughs> he's just choking your chain there, girl? Oh, okay, <laughs> get used to it when you're on the show. This is what happens,
0: and people wonder why yeah. I get so crazy. Set it up, I had to use it. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Do you have a favorite professional or celebrity equestrian?
4: Uh, Leah Ling, I'm not going to say her last name right, is She is the one that picked up AP Prime from the racetrack for $750, and now he's her four-star horse.
5: Mm. She, I had
4: an opportunity to work on her saddle last year at the fork. Not only is she the nicest person ever, but she's really fun and engaging to follow on social media, and AP is a baby doll. might be a four
1: star horse he is a puppy dog oh this is my that's my favorite professional equestrian answer he is so cuddly
4: he just i'm like oh okay you want to give me a hug thank you
1: well they just got a new fan that was the really seriously everybody else i love their superhero powers this one you just bowled me over with uh your professional (laughs) equestrian sweet so okay now if we asked you this a few years ago it might be an interesting answer but what career, other than one directly with horses, would you like to try? I know you're happy doing your saddle fitting, but
4: what else would I, you like to do? I, I think I would be really great at interior design. It's kind of like my side hobby and I've I've always been interested in that. Um I don't I don't ever want a job where I have to sit at a desk all day again. I think I would be smothered, but I think I like the idea of going out and seeing new places and new things and and making people's lives better through their environment.
1: Mm, You should come to my house. It's a mess. (laughs) It's a mess. It really is. I don't know what the hell I want it to be. Country, city, seaside.
4: (laughs) And the eclectic thing is good?
1: The eclectic is good? Yeah, I I guess (laughs) that's a very diplomatic way of putting it. (laughs) (laughs) I work in the horse world, right? I have to be diplomatic. Diplomacy, you're right. Oh my gosh, I love you. If you want a million dollars, where would you go on vacation?
4: I would go to one of those end-to-end rides in, like, France with my girlfriends and just gallop all day and drink wine all night.
1: Again, see? Janelle, will you be my new best friend? <laughs>
4: okay, yes.
1: Okay. I can come
4: to our barn. It's almost all adults. It's really great.
1: Okay. I'll get my car. I'll be there in about 18 okay. hours.
4: Okay. Congo, if- North Carolina.
1: If if we forced you to describe yourself with only three words, what three words would you choose?
4: Um, smart, uh, loyal and funny. Hmm.
1: I like those qualities in a best friend. Okay. <laughs> what is the most terrifying thing you've ever done? And would you do it again?
4: Oh. Um... I'm pretty. I'm not a really big risk taker, but when I was a kid, I sold 606 boxes of Girl Scout cookies to go to a horseback riding camp in <laughs> Wyoming, and uh, <laughs> this is dedication from an early age. And I was the only one in my little group who had had any horseback riding experience whatsoever. And by that, I mean just catching a little Shetland pony and trying to stay on. So we took a overnight pack trip, and we had to go down into a canyon, and you know, it's like a switchback trail that's like a foot and a half wide cliff on one side sheer on the other and they said you get to lead the pack horse too so no helmet up there in the sunshine baking and it was pretty terrifying I just looked up just <laughs> <Put the horse> looked <laughs> to the sky and let the horse do what it needed to do and we made it down into the bottom of the canyon safely <whistles> I think I just exhaled. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty intense. <laughs> All
1: right. On to the most interesting question that we seem to get answers for. What would be your superhero power if you could have one?
4: Um, the ability to take pain away. So it just, it breaks my heart every day. I see horses go around in pain and it doesn't have to be that way. So just to be able to to take that from their lives would would really be good.
1: So you kind of do. I mean, it definitely requires the cooperation of their owners, but you have some small piece of that, that superhero
4: power. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like but to be able to expand on that, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that happen that aren't necessarily south related. Um related, yeah. but just to be able to fix that, that would be great. Now, if your lovely appendix
1: could have a conversation with you, what question would you ask him?
4: Am I doing it right? Hmm. Like, uh, what do I need to do differently or what could I do better? So I feel like we have that conversation every day and I'm just may not be clear on his answer <laughs> on yeah. some days, but uh, I really do try for him. He makes me want to learn to be better for him.
1: <sighs> That's so sweet.
4: <laughs> I adore him. I just adore him. And I, I got very lucky that. with my lease. Yes. Very lucky with my leaf situation. So he lives in a five acre pasture. And over the winter time, I went out to get him and I called him from the gate and he came out of the fog. It was really cool.
1: I bet. (laughs) I bet. Well, that's it for our rapid fire questions. I really feel like we got to know you on a. I I, like this is my favorite, favorite part of this year's show, Glenn, is really digging in deep with our listeners. We're just making friends everywhere. You know you're as, awesome, as
4: listener, I've really enjoyed it, too. Thank you. I, I like. I really like listening to this part of the segment, too. It's, it's neat to meet the people who follow like I do.
0: Well, you know, I, I think it's because, too, you know, when I brought this up with our podcasting friends, when I said we were going to do Year the Listener and only going to have guests that are listeners, we, you know, most podcasts aren't big enough to do that, but we are big enough to do that. And they all said, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't think people are going to want to hear about other people. And I said, you don't understand horse people. <laughs> uh, you know we it's a different group and and you know Helena and I were convinced that we wanted if nothing else we didn't care if anybody listened we wanted to get to know you guys better um and and we thought that you know everybody has a story to tell and we you know it's proven our theory since day one was every horse person has a story to tell and Helena we've been proven right this year doing these yeah. interviews and they have yeah. great
4: that's stories a good risk to take. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a good risk to take. Good
0: for you. I mean, you've been the best guests. I mean, <laughs> this well, really has thank been you. great. joke. <laughs> so, you. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's been terrific. Well, thank you, Janelle.
4: Thank you. I've enjoyed it.
3: Hello, folks. Uncle Jimmy here, and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products, where funny names mean serious products. Featuring Uncle Jimmy's Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love, the award-winning Uncle Jimmy's Hangin' Balls, Uncle Jimmy's Sugar-Free Ball the incredible Licky Thing, also in Sugar Free, the amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker wrecker and the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hanging Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious, flavored, filled boredom buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, It will last for weeks, provided you don't let your horse pin it, and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors, apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed.
1: Tack and Habit segment is sponsored by Sparkle and Boom Marketing. Find your sparkle, get some boom. Find us online at sparkleandboom.com.
0: And now, with this Tack and Habits segment, we are going to be aided by Horselovers.com in the future. What that means is that with their partners in the wholesalers and manufacturers, they are going to be providing Helena and I with all the products to test before we talk about them. Because sometimes we talk about products that we've heard other people use, or, you know, or we just, you know, found a really cool product and we thought we'd talk about it, but we've never tested it. Now we're going to to have the opportunity to test all the products we talk about, which we haven't had the ability to do before. We just never had the staff to track them down and get them shipped to us and all that stuff. Right. Horselovers.com, truly becoming a partner of ours now, is going to be doing all that for us. So that's going to become, it's going to give us a whole new, really a new flavor to the Tack and habit segment. I'm very excited about that. Plus, Helena's excited. She just gets to test cool products. Um.
1: Well, Brody's excited. He's like lined up at the gate. Yeah. Like, he's got a list. He's got a little list. He was going to send it to Santa, but instead he's going. he wants me to send it to Horse Lovers.
0: <laughs> well, no, Horse Lovers asked me when we had the meeting about this. They said, well, could you find out from your hosts what they would what they want to test? I said, are you kidding me? You'll have a list a thousand long. Oh, you- God, no. <laughs> just it's yep. not something you ask a horse person. Uh, everything in your oh website. Oh my god,
1: <laughs> everything. Everything. Bitless bridles, yes, right. uh innovative new girths, yes. hoof boots, um
0: $5,000 saddles.
1: Uh, I want to try yeah. some new shampoos for Brody cuz he's a dirty little beast. <laughs> oh yeah. I
0: What else? Hmm. (laughs) Let me think about this. I said, maybe you guys better just choose because uh, an (laughs) open-ended question like that's not necessarily good. But I do have a product for today. So thank you, horse lovers. And we're looking forward to talking to you more about that next week. Horselovers.com. I did get this product to test. We found it at Ada and they sent us one. And this is not a cheap product, okay? Um, This is a $500 item and it was very kind of them to send it over to us to test. We have looked at, especially at Ada, you and I have been to Ada 15 times now, and that's the trade show, and we found trailer cameras where you can keep an eye on your horses while they're in the trailer, while you're driving. We've tried trailer cameras before, and if you remember right, Helena, they were always repurposed household cameras. You know, that you would put like in the baby's room, or yep. and they were always that cheap kind of plasticky repurposed household cameras, right? Well, what happened with those is they didn't work very well, they would break easily if they got moisture in them, they would die. So, they people have been complaining about the trailer cams for a long time. Then came hindsight vision, hindsight vision, which is spelled H Y N d s-i-g-h-t hindsight vision with a y okay. they um they started making cameras for other industries and then sort of have uh sort of have bridged over to the horse world these cameras are super tough this camera i gotta tell you it i'll tell you how tough it is and they're going to be really happy i'm telling you this um i try i didn't You know, I'm not good at directions. So the suction cup thing that hooks it to the wall of the trailer, the actual camera unit. Yeah. I didn't suction cup it so good the first time. I didn't suction cup it so good. No. And then I walked away and I heard crash. Mm. It fell five feet onto the floor of the trailer. Ouch. And you know that those other cheapy ones we looked at would have broke. Oh, yeah. About 10 pieces. (laughs) This thing didn't break. Nothing was wrong. I tried. It works perfectly these are meant to be actually they're water resistant uh they're they're encased in this there you can just tell by looking at this camera that it is tough and the receiver is also tough these are made for outdoor use they're made to be stuck in your trailer they're made they can go underwater to a certain depth uh you know it's just these are made as a tough units right so um We tried it when we got Jennifer's new horse and brought Jennifer's new horse last week. We gave it a try. I I mounted it in there for the second time (laughs) properly into the trailer, and the suction cup was good. It really does have a good suction cup if you use it right. And then we put the little receiver up on the dash, and they're both, uh, they're both chargeable. So we charged, I charged the camera up, which took about four hours. I charged the, the screen up, which, by the way, has like a high-def screen. The picture on this is unbelievable. And I put the screen there in the truck, and attached that to the windshield. It also has a suction cup you can use. Attach that to the windshield, and I did not have it plugged into the truck. So the screen itself was not plugged into the truck and the camera was not plugged into the truck because I wanted to see how long they would last. Yeah. And they say the cameras will last four to five hours. And with uh, with the amount of driving we did and everything, I would say that's absolutely right. They'll last four to five hours and the, the receiver would probably last about four hours. But you could plug that into your cigarette lighter. So wow. you could plug that into the truck. That wouldn't be a problem. The camera will go four to five hours. You can also hardwire the camera into your trailer. So like we have lights, that there's wires going to lights in our trailer. We yeah. could hardwire it into there, so it'd become a permanent thing. But there's no wire that goes between the truck and the trailer for the reception of the camera. It's wireless. So you don't you're not hired, hardwired at all to the to the trailer. Matter of fact, if you have trouble backing up to your hitch, if you have a you know, uh bumper pull, yeah, you could suction cup this pointing down on your tailgate, back up, hook up your trailer, then take it off and suction cup it into <laughs> uh the trailer. By the way, you you might wonder how we figured that out because we might have done that so um, i
1: like the flexibility of it i I know you're calling it suction cupping but um i think the proper verb would be to stick (laughs) to stick it
0: it is a suction cup but you see
1: or adhere you would adhere it to it, it adheres nicely but i think really the the important point to be made is that you can move it around you can you can put it on and off to to suit your needs whatever those might be at any given time
0: correct and you know so it, you can actually hook up to four cameras to the to the monitor so it comes when you buy the kit it comes with one camera but you can buy the cameras separately so you can hook up to four cameras to the monitor okay so that's really nice the monitor is actually 7 inches wide by 5 inches high so it's a pretty good size monitor it's not like a little tiny screen and the, the picture, that was the thing. We, you know, we had this, there's no, it's wireless. So we had this hooked into the trailer and the screen is like high definition color. A lot of the cheapy ones you look at are black and white and they're kind of grainy. That's yeah. not the case here. And I got to tell you, Jennifer was driving and I was so fascinated watching the horse the entire way home. I, I never <laughs> had a chance to do that before. And it's just funny what they do in there. You yeah. know, he's looking out the window and everything that goes by. Then he grabs a bite to eat. Then he's looking out the window. And, yeah, I didn't realize how much time they spent looking out the window. But he did. I mean, it was just fun to watch him in there. And Jennifer's like, this is too distracting. Cause She was driving. <laughs> I finally had to turn it <laughs> away from her because she wouldn't look away. So, yeah. this set, You know, they started with these uh, for rowers. You know how rowing teams are going backwards? Yeah, so that the guy doing the calling or whatever would have the monitor at his feet. So that's why these cameras are so tough and kind of waterproof. Is they were originally meant for ro- rowing, oh. uh, professional rowing teams. Interesting. So they would mount the camera on the is it the bow, of the front? Uh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, on the bow of the boat, and then the rower would have it, so they see where they're going. Um, and you know, so that's where these started. That's why they're so tough. But I highly, highly recommend this. If you're looking at getting a camera for your trailer, or you know, the other nice thing is if you have a bigger trailer, uh, you could you could have three or four cameras in there, and the screen will automatically change. And it you know it's very sophisticated the way it does that. Um, and then the other thing too is if you want to use it, and th- somebody brought this up. If uh, especially at rodeos or the Western people who are traveling a lot, yeah, they have those big you know, living quarter trailers, you can mount one on the outside for security purposes. So you mount one on the outside so it's pointing pointing towards your door uh, for security purposes, and then you can keep an eye on who's coming and going outside your trailer while you're inside. Uh, If you have your horses maybe in a corral right outside the trailer overnight, you can also keep an eye on them that way. So there's a lot of uses for this thing because they're so versatile, but this is the first one we've seen. Remember we never really talked about any of the others because we thought they were crappy. Uh,
1: well, uh, you would, you had the chance to try a couple of others or you experienced. Yeah. You, just you, were, yeah, You crappy. had, and that you just, yeah. you're like, there's nothing we found that we could actually say something great about.
0: This one. I highly, highly, I would give this in if I haven't, I didn't find anything wrong with it. I mean, you know, we very seldom give a full bail. You know, we rate everything by a bail of hay. Yeah. yeah. I give this a full bail. I don't, I don't see a problem with the only thing is it's not cheap. But then you're paying for quality with this one. Uh, well, you, I'd
1: rather have something that's not cheap, dish out a couple of extra bucks, than have to replace it replace every it
0: every six months, eighteen months, it yeah, corrodes. Yep. And here in Florida, we got to worry about things corroding, right? So you know we're humid all the time. Uh, I you know, you know the,
1: that happens to me up here too, living in the Northeast oh, you're right of New along England the coast.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: You things and they, l- we pay the extra money in the first two to three years. I went cheap and then I was like, forget it. I I'll spend the extra money. I don't care if it's double uh, if I don't have to keep replacing something. And it's not it's not so much that you have to keep replacing something. It's that when you rely on it, for example, a camera in your truck and it doesn't work, it always fails when you really can't afford to have it fail in that moment. You know what I mean?
0: Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I I love this thing. I love being able to watch the horse. You can see if something's going wrong, you know, you can see who's fighting with who. You can <laughs> you, could, you could see, you could just see what's going on. And the fact that this was a brand new horse and we didn't know what was going to happen yeah, uh, was really helpful too. But you can find out more at hyndsightvision.com, hindsightvision.com. I actually want to get them on the show some point here in the future uh, to talk more about it because it does so many, so many more things than I've even mentioned. But I just uh, check it out if you're looking for a camera system for your trailer. Cool. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find Helena at...
1: and You can find me... Just send me an email. Helena at horseradionetwork.com.
0: And you can find us on our app, iOS or Android. We have uh, nine, soon to be ten different shows that we do. If you haven't checked out Healthy Critters Radio yet, it's a lot of fun. Go over and take a listen. Talk about... They talk about dogs, and horses, and cats, and sheep, and goats, and chickens, uh, but it's all about the animal's health, so that you can find it at uh, Healthy Critters Radio, and uh, we, we do love your feedback. Follow us on Facebook, StableScoop.com. If you have ideas for the show, or you want to be a guest on the show, just drop us a note. We would love to have you, and we want to thank our sponsors for this week, of course, Horselovers.com, brand new title sponsor for the StableScoop Radio Show, and and also Uncle Jimmy's and the Clarion Lexington. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week. We're done, Helena. We are done, but there will be more.
1: Until then, happy scooping.